Welcome to the Dr. Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Pagenta. I'm a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner, and I am so glad you decided to join me today. The Dr. Nurse Podcast is a podcast for nurses and nurse practitioners that are wanting to understand what exactly their degrees can do for them. After the birth of my son, I had this aching desire to have more flexibility in my career choices, despite feeling like all the alphabet soup after my name didn't really afford me very many options. I launched the podcast to find the answers that I so desperately needed. I also knew I couldn't be the only nurse who felt this way. Does this sound like you? If so, come and hang out with me as I figure out what our nursing degrees can give us access to as far as career flexibility, control over our schedules, and entrepreneurship by talking with NPs and RNs who are doing exactly that. Sit back and enjoy the conversation. Dr. Nurse Podcast fam, welcome to another episode of the Dr. Nurse Podcast. I am so happy to have on our next guest today. I just, I cannot wait to share your, this content with you. Ron DeRico, did I say it right? Yes. DeRico, I nailed it. Yes. All right, Ron DeRico is a certified family psych mental health nurse practitioner, as well as an ER nurse practitioner with an experience as an educator, clinic leader, speaker, and healthcare executive. He works to implement new technologies to combine with his mental health treatments in your own private practice, correct? You have your own private practice? I you work with psych mental health? I do. I, I primarily okay. clinically work in psychiatric mental health and I contract out to a couple of different a couple of different nonprofits, not for profit clinics. Okay. Gotcha. And you have a passion for inspiring nurses and RNs to create the career of their dreams by leveraging their existing talents and rapidly acquiring skills that they need for success. His mission is to inspire nurses and nurse practitioners and high-performing professionals to unlock their full potential and create the careers they desire to make a profound impact in their perspective field. Welcome to the podcast. I don't know how you find time to do all the things that you're involved in. I'm so glad to have you on today. Well, thank you so much. And I will say it is a true and sincere honor to be here because I was telling you before the show, and this is a fact, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I, I cheer along with every episode. So I'm just super happy to be here. Well, thank you so much for the support. It helps keep me going. And I just want to dive right into your nursing sure. career. I mean, I know that you started working in the restaurant very young, and then you've just kind of maneuvered all through. So I won't spoiler alert it, but <laughs> I kind of love your like journey from where you started and how you got to where you are. So could you walk me through kind of your nursing career and how you got to build your career like you have. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. And yeah, like you said, I actually started working full time at a relatively young age. I was 15 years old and due to some family circumstances, I kind of had to start working full time. So I started as a busboy in a local restaurant and I was actually the youngest waiter there because at 16, I went to my boss. I said, listen, you got to make me a waiter. Like I have, I have things going on. I need to work, you know, how I work. So he's like, I don't know, you're pretty young, but we'll trial it. So I did, I got, I became a waiter and then I kind of stayed in the service business for pretty much the next decade. I worked as a waiter, worked in insurance offices, et cetera. During this whole time, I always lived to learn and it took me a while to start college. So I was about 19 or 20 when I started college. And that is one of those really true 10-year bachelor's degrees. So it took me about 10 years to get that first bachelor's degree. It was a BA in psychology. And, you know, towards the end, I was just like, I need to get some credits and wrap this thing up. So finally got it done. And I, that day that I got that degree, I went from being a waiter 
to a waiter with a psychology degree. And I said, hmm, you know, I kind of wanted to get into a little different business than what I'm doing. And this doesn't seem to do it. And the funny thing now is when I think back, I remember I was doing some experimental work. I was doing some experimental psychology. I was helping out in a laboratory at the university. And I was like, but boy, it's another like six years, you know, and this is gosh, 20 years ago. It's, it's, it's going to be another six years to become a clinical psychologist. I don't want to spend that much time. I want to get right to it. And that's how I came to nursing. No healthcare experience whatsoever. I was just, I used to flip through, we used to have the paper college catalogs and I used to flip through that catalog, like a Toys R Us catalog. I would literally go through and be like, oh, discrete mathematics. That sounds cool. I'll take, this is why it took me 10 years. You know, oh, look at this molecular biology. I'll take that course. You know, so that's how I would do things. I was flipping through the catalog and I hit nursing. And I'm like, hmm, and started to look through it and look really interesting. And I'm like, started finding out more about it. We didn't have social media as much then, but we did have a lot of internet forums. So all nurses, SDN network, all those old school forums. I started reading around, finding out more and more about the nursing profession. And it just really captivated me. And it's one of those, at first I was kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. But it's one of those, it became like a brain worm, right? Like it just kept coming back to it. Like ah, nursing, nursing, this sounds mm -hmm. interesting. And so I went for it. I, you know, I had done, I had done the usual thing of taking every pre-pharmacy, pre-med, pre-whatever, pre-rec already. So I had most of those. So I just did a couple of pre-recs, got accepted into a BSN program, finished that out. I was just thinking today that this month will be six years since I started my final semester in nursing school. I graduated in 2007, September. So graduated from nurse and throughout nursing school, I got really interested in neonatal ICU. I studied it even before going into it. Yeah. And this is kind of a lesson I draw that I can talk about later where I knew what I wanted to do. And so I went for it and I just geared my whole career in nursing school towards wanting to enter the NICU, got into a preceptorship, got accepted. And that preceptorship was basically my job interview, got hired and went into the NICU. And, you know, I obviously, I, my mind kind of goes all over the place. And so after a couple of years, I started looking at other things. And that's really what got me looking into the family nurse practitioner program. So, you know, I'll, I'll spare all the bazillion intermediate steps, but I got into and graduated my FNP program, worked as an FNP in college health, actually, which I loved, ended up in an emergency nurse practitioner position. It was an FNP position in the emergency department, had no emergency experience. So went into the NICU with no NICU, went in emergency with no emergency. That was a huge learning curve, huge learning curve. I'll, I, one day I'll, I'll dig out, I actually, cause she's a really good friend, my boss then who was huge in my career. And I have such gra gratitude towards her, but my very first eval was kind of along the lines of, if you don't kind of get it together in the next six weeks, I don't know if you're going to continue in the emergency department. And it spoke to me and I ended up, you know, long story short, I ended up being a site manager at one of our ERs, got promoted to director over all of our ERs. And from that, got directed into an executive position with the staffing company that ended up purchasing our group. I became a vice president of operations that I did for a couple of years. I then went into teaching. I had somebody approach me as actually, and this is, you know, I talk on and on about networking, right? And these connections we made and these friendships we made. One of the people from my FNP program way back when was now the program director of a local FNP program. And she knew in this in this long litany of things, I got my psych NP. I got my postmaster certificate as a psych NP. And before I could actually even work and I got promoted to my executive position. She reached out, she needed someone that could teach FNPs psych. So it was a psych course for FNPs, which I think is awesome. I think it's a great idea. I loved teaching that course. And that's how I got into teaching. 
And, you know, super long story short, I ended up, which is not true because I just keep going on and on, but I ended up leaving my executive position, became a full-time professor. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So now we get to this point where I'm a professor and I've started to do more and more entrepreneurial things of speaking and content creation, but that's kind of where I'm at in my career right now. And it's been quite a ride. Yeah. Because when I was, again, learning about everything that you're involved in, you know, you've got this telehealth vein that you're doing as well. You, yeah. you know, consulting work that you're saying you were involved in. You've also got the the coaching that you're doing. So you're helping other nurses kind of accelerate their career, change their mindset around what it is they can do in your career. And I think that's where we've yeah. really connected. It's just yeah. over that same idea of, wait a minute, there's so much we can do. We shouldn't be burned out because if we're burned out, we're not doing enough of the stuff that lights us up. So how do I get you from burned out to, to like excited and inspired about what you're doing? Because again, that drudge work that we can do as nurses and nurse practitioners, sometimes the, the salary is the price you pay to let your dreams go, you know? And mm -hmm. so like the things that. that I like that Write you that keep talking down. about. That's a good well, the one. things that I like that yeah. you keep talking about is just like that inspiration of like, don't just settle for that that salary, like, what is it that you were designed to do? And when I heard you talk on another podcast about how you began to teach it, just something small, you said, I started kind of on a, as a side hustle. Mm -hmm. And then that became this now passion. It was like, oh, that's exactly what I talk about all the time on my podcast is just trying something, giving it a little shot. Doesn't have to take all your time. It's something very small. Yeah. But then you began to realize like, no, I love teaching. Like, this is what lights me up. And so you go from this executive position to teaching and now you don't feel burned out. Now you're able to yeah. go and create even more. And that's what it ends up doing is lighting you up to go in yeah. and go forth and do more creating. And I just, I think it's so neat to hear how you started kind of that side hustle. So kind of take me through that process of like, as you're working as an executive, how you decided like, all right, I'm going to go try this, this new thing. I'm going to go just give this a shot and see what happens. Yeah. And I can even take it back a little bit before that. So Summer, who was my boss that I'm talking about, that did so much for my career, she had actually kind of done the same track. She was my boss. She got, and then when we got acquired by this big company, she became a vice president of operations. And even at that point, I was like, I, I just, I never thought of that. She's an NP. She's an MP with a master's degree. And she's in this business executive role that are usually MBAs. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I never thought about that. And I had gotten promoted into her old position, which was the clinical, the, and the APC, we called it director. I was over all the NPs and PAs across eight emergency departments. But I said, wow, this is really, I never even thought of it. She said, yeah, I didn't either. If you want to kind of follow along and I'll mentor you as I learn. And that turned into my opportunity to get promoted into that position. Now, when I got promoted to that position, she said, I'm going to tell you something. She was giving me the inside track. She goes, when you negotiate for this new position, make them let you keep a clinical contract without minimum hours so that you can keep practicing clinically if you want to. You're going to be glad you did because this is going to be a whole new world, but you're going to be glad you kept that. And I did. And they did. And they let me. And I remember I was thinking, you know, I'll work like once, once or twice a month as I get into this new position. I didn't work clinically for a year. That VPO position was like, oh, this is a new world. But I kept that clinical contract. And so I kept that little bit. And then when I had the bandwidth, I started back in the ER once or twice a month. And it would kept my clinical hand. And it was actually great. So I was doing executive stuff Monday through Saturday. I was traveling and stuff. And then 
one or two Sundays a month, I would work in the ER and I'd get to actually talk to my people. And, you know, it was so funny because the, the ER directors would be like, hey, you're the VP. Why are you why are you working here? And I'm like, well, when I'm here, I'm coming to you for for direction. But that was that first little side hustle piece, right? That was kind of an entrepreneurship. And I talk about this as well, where I love entrepreneurship. I can talk about that going 1099 all day long and I love it. But there's those chances for entrepreneurship too. I was still an employee. I was still W-2, but I just carved out my own little piece. And I said, this will benefit the company. It will be good for you to have a VPO that actually gets in that floor a couple of times a month and is on the floor with the physicians, the PAs, the NPs, knowing what's going on. So I sold it. Now, the next side hustle was the education part where I was a VPO. Oh, I want to stop got, you right there. Yeah, go I wanna, ahead. I want to stop you right there because one of the things that you just described I think more nurses need to hear about. It's called servant leadership. And that is kind of how I saw you in that exact moment. As you get on the floor and you serve in the trenches with your NPs, you don't distinguish. I'm in the C, you know, I'm in the executive suite. You can't touch me. I don't know what it's like to get down there. As you get down there and you show like I can get in the trenches with you and serve and still work in leadership and know how to advocate for your NPs that are on the floor. That just makes you that much better of a leader. Yeah. And I think there is such a, a, a disconnect between leadership and realizing, no, you're just one of us. Like, don't yeah. forget. And by getting back in there, it just shows me, at least to me, the character that you have inside to just be like, no, nah, man, I can get back in the trenches with you. My goal and my job as you're a leader is to figure out how to help you do your jobs better. Like, that's it. And I, d- yeah. I don't know why I just saw that really quick. And I just wanted to say that. So that was your first side hustle. But seeing you back in there just reminds other nurses like you want leaders and you want to be the type of leader that gets back in the trenches and serves with the people, because that's that's really what it's about. It's about the people that you're that you're representing in those positions. Anyway, keep going. Second side hustle. No, Well, and that was a cool gig because I'd be working with staff nurses also that, you know, our group was a separate entity and then the hospital employed staff nurses. And they'd get word and they'd like, are you like an executive? Like what? And like, yeah, yeah, I do that. And then I could talk to them and they'd say the same thing I had said in the past. Like, I didn't even know that was an option. I'm like, oh yeah, because our, our, our company actually had many, many nurses in, in these executive positions because they found a lot of them were NPs. A lot of them were like former ER directors, people like that. But my company was awesome about hiring these nurses and putting them into executive positions. Because when we went to talk to the other C-suites, we'd go to the CEO of the contracts we would work and we could speak that language, that clinical language. So yeah, it was kind of that opportunity. And that really is the most important thing to me. And that's, that's what I do today. It's all about kind of telling nurses what you can do with that opportunity. Yeah. And I talk about teaching too. I mean, that's, that's my segue there is I got reached out to teach an adjunct, just one course. It's a fully online didactic course, so I didn't have to physically go anywhere. I would just kind of, they wanted me to help design the course and he had some updating. The previous person that had been teaching the psych course had left. So because I had both psych and family NP, I could bridge that gap. And I could say, here, I know what it's like to practice as a family NP. And here's what you need to know about psychiatric mental health to be a better family NP. And I just loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And when a full-time professor position came on, this was one of those struggles in my life because it was hard because I loved my VP position. Hey guys, hate to interrupt the conversation, but I need to remind you guys to check out the Success NP Etsy shop. It's an Etsy shop that I created with my best friend and we create a ton of digital products for nurse practitioners, merch, 
all the different things to keep you going in your NP career, we noticed that there was just a lack of content for nurse practitioners out there. So we decided to go create it. So check it out. I have it linked in the show notes and be sure to support us because again, you're supporting small nurse business owners. We would love to have you guys check out our merch or refer our shop to someone who you think would enjoy the content. If you guys are liking this podcast, please give me five stars on Apple Podcasts. Any love that you throw at me helps keep my audience engaged, keeps people coming to check out what we're creating here. Thanks for being a part of our community and consuming the content on my podcast. And let's get back to the conversation. I loved the work. I loved the clients. I loved my, my coworkers were amazing. My boss, my senior vice president was an RN. And he always liked to say, oh, I'm just an RN. But he had been in the business for decades. He's a brilliant man. Excellent. You talk about servant leadership. Stephen Miles, if you're out there listening, I send him every podcast because I mention his name every time. Stephen Miles, RN, from England, living in LA, best boss, telling you, he's amazing. I've had some, ama I've had some amazing bosses. I'll tell you right now, I could do a whole podcast on my, on the amazing bosses I've had, but I love that job, but it was, but I just, I loved teaching so much. And when a full-time professor position came on, yeah, it, you know, I even took that little bit of a pay cut. I'm like, you know what, I'm, me and my wife sat down, had the discussion. I said, I'll up my clinical a bit. I'll do some more clinical shifts and I'll make up the difference. And this is another theme I love is those, I envision dials. I envision in my mind, I have dials and I have clinical professor, entrepreneur, and I just turn those dials up and down. Yep. Yep. So if I need a little more from one, I up one, I down the other. So I did. And I went into teaching and haven't looked back since, you know, I've worked at a few different universities. I created and launched a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner program at my alma mater, which was super cool. I got recruited for that, worked there for a year, got the program going got it set for accreditation, got my first cohort graduated. And then I was like, uh, admin, I've done it. I've done educational admin. I'm glad to say I've done it. I just, when I'm in it, that role, I just want to teach. I love teaching all nursing students, but NPs and DMPs, I just, that, I mean, you talk about finding something that's your dream is sitting down and talking to those DMPs and NPs. And I love it. And yeah. And then again, now I'm at this point where I started, I was saying all these things to my students, right? I'm telling all my students, I'm trying to grab my students like, yeah, we're learning clinical stuff. You know, I'm teaching you DSM-5. I'm teaching you when we're in FNP, I'm teaching how to suture and doing all that. But I got to get that mindset. And that's what you mm -hmm. mentioned before. I got to get you that mindset. Don't just have been, and you've, you've, you know this, that so many NP students were burnout nurses and they're just desperately looking for some escape. Like, get me out of here. And it's like, I'll go to NP yes. school. I love being an NP. I love NP school. You and I both know there's people out there that that might not have been their best choice, but they were doing it as an escape. And so I was telling all these things to my students. And then I'm like, oh gosh, and I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. I'm like, I got to start getting this message out. Maybe even before you go to NP school, you, there's so many options. And that's what I love about your podcast. There's so many things nurses can do. You just got to, you got to, Give yourself credit for the skills, abilities, and expertise you already have. So I guess I'm a teacher. Wherever I go, that's the role I love because I'm a learner. I'm always learning. So I'm just passing it along. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> much you just said I could like spend all day on. And I love the dial word picture because it's yeah. so true. And again, whenever you find that perfect combination, I mean, it's sometimes yeah. that's what it ends up taking, right? It's you stepping away from like, that's starting to burn me out. Aspects of that are burning me out. I don't need to do those, those other aspects. How can I 
do less of that, more of what lights me up. I like this teaching. And you can get this perfect yeah. dial with your career where you're in a lot of different things as a nurse practitioner or a nurse and yeah. still be working clinically, still be in different things, but not to the degree where you experience that burnout. That's really the, that's really the goal that I want yeah. more nurses to hear, more nurses to start tapping into and to start negotiating when you're in certain roles and go, all right, I don't mind doing that, but you're going to need to give me a little bit of this. I need to be able to still kind of keep my hand in the clinical side here. So I'll, I'll do this, but I want to have this as well in the background. And whenever you can start maneuvering that and then things start happening, you're like, Why I've been asking for this stuff more. Like Hopefully. you just start to realize, right? Like, yeah. oh my goodness, I have so much leverage and I don't even realize what I'm able to do. And so one of the things that I wanted to ask you, and you said this, you said, I went into teaching and I was doing it as a side hustle. And I just realized like, this is what I love to do. Yeah. What was it that you began to realize for you to walk away from the money? Cause this is big, right? You walk yeah. away from the money going back to the salary is the, is the price you pay for your dreams to die. Yeah. Like what was it that you decided you were like, I'm going to let the money go because my dreams lie here. What was that wrestling that you did that I think more nurses are probably going, I don't know how to have that conversation with myself to figure out what it is that lights me up? Like, how did you know that this was the thing to walk away from the other thing for? Well, and it really was a running towards and not a running away. And I remember telling my boss that, like, I want to make this really clear. Like, I love this job, but I'm, and I'm not running away from it. I'm not trying to escape. It's that. I've just found something that really speaks to, you know, what's, what really lights me up and what I feel is my best service. You know, my, my goal is always to be of service and I'm, you know, I'm always a rational individualist. I don't think those are divorced and nurses have been taught that service entails sacrifice. I don't, I, I, I found the thing that I could, I loved and it made me happy and it also brought benefit to others. So that's what I wanted to move towards. And that was the whole discussion. And the thing I realized, the thing that was holding me back, you know, partially money, money wasn't so, so big a deal. Again, going back to, because I had clinical work, so I had created options. So that was less of a thing because we got to keep it real. It's not all about hopes and dreams. You, you got to have yeah. the cheddar coming in, right? So yeah. I, I, yeah. I had options, you know, I knew I could always up my clinical work if I needed to. So I had that option just for the, you know, you got to pay the bills. It's Maslow. Mas bottom Maslow is always first. You got to feed yourself and pay the bills. Yeah. But once that's taken care of, then you can take yeah, those, yeah, yeah. those chances. And that's, that's exactly what it was. This is the things that were holding me back was loyalty to my team, you know, and that, that holds you back. That hurts loyalty to your boss, to your coworkers. But, and this is something I've counseled a lot of people on. It's so easy for us to kind of overemphasize that. You can be loved at your job and we all hope we're loved at your job and you can be vital, but there's just about no job in existence that after you leave, they're going to crumble or six months later, they're still crying that you left. Like Roan, just let it go, dude. You know, you're a great guy, but that business is going to keep on keeping on. And a cool thing was I actually negotiated a consultant contract with them. So I stayed on another six months to wrap up because I had a lot of contracts going. And I wanted it to be a clean transition. Yeah. So I was like, let's sit down, let's negotiate a, yeah. an, a, you know, contract and I'll stay on as long as you need me to stay on and make sure these things are handed off appropriately while I transition into this new role. But that's the answer. It was running to, and, you know, kind of letting go of your ego a bit, like, 
you know, everybody's going to be sad you left, but they're going to, they're going to be fine. You got to just move on with your life. And that, that's really what I try to tell nurses too, nurses and nurse practitioners. Like it's good to be loyal to where, you know, you work, but you know, it's, it's all business. Yeah. One of the things you just said, and I have to comment on is running away from something, changing that mindset. Again, just all goes centers around mindset, but changing your mindset away from I'm running away from something instead of I'm running to something. And yeah. I think when you switch that out, you stop, you'll stop seeing nurses running to the NP degree mm -hmm. to prevent burnout. Because what you're going to find is you can easily burn out as an NP easier. I think oh, even yeah. maybe easier than even an RN. Because oh, yeah. with an RN, you leave that work. Like your shift is over. Yeah. Somebody else takes it over. You walk away. And whenever you're a nurse practitioner, the work follows you home. You got labs to follow up on, orders to put oh, yeah. in. There's a lot more follow-up you have to do as an NP. You can easily become burnout. So if you're a nurse that's thinking that the NP degree is going to prevent or stop your burnout, and so I'm running away from the nurse to become the NP so that I can get away from this, you're yeah. doing the wrong thing. And that's the great mindset shift that you just talked about. Like, instead of thinking I'm running away from nurse burnout, we need to be figuring out what it is you're running to. What is it that you yes. would be? I want time for, like, you know, I want time freedom. I want to be, I want my dials to be better. I still yeah. like taking care of people, but I like teaching. Yeah. Like we need to do all that work. And I know that's what you do. So one of the things I want to ask you is when you talked a little bit about mindset and I love your stuff on LinkedIn, you put out a ton of great content, but why do you think the battle for nurses is in the mind? Why have you decided to kind of hang your hat up on, I want, to change mindset shifts. I want mindset shifts for nurses. Like what, what, where is that coming from? Where's that stemming from for you? Well, I think for me, it's really stemming from kind of my individualist perspective. So I give, I give burnout talks, you know, now and again, and I'm always really careful about this conversation, you know, especially online, how things can blow up, but really I want to be very respectful of when I start talking about means of, of battling burnout. I don't go to the big system issues right away. And I always have to say, listen, I acknowledge and honor that there are major systems issues in our healthcare system. And I know you love this because I listened to you and I, I know you're on the same, you're on the same trip where, yeah, there's, there's system issues. I acknowledge that. And yeah, me sitting here telling you to change your mindset and, you know, meditate and eat your veggies and do your exercise. We all get a little, you know, a little jaded about that because we're like, yeah, you tell me this, but then I go to work and I'm getting crushed down by documentation requirements and maybe there's bullying on the unit there's you know i'm understaffed whatever it is so i always have to say listen i honor that and i acknowledge that and i really honor those that fight at the systems level we have some amazing people in our profession that go to washington dc that fight on a policy level they benefit all of us and i really really appreciate what they're doing me personally my approach is always the individual per the individual because if i can change my mindset and I can change my life, that system has less control over me. So that's the lesson that I say is that if you start with your vision, it always starts with vision of your ideal life where you really have to imagine, what do I want to do? Do I want to work from home? Do I want to work in a clinical environment? Do I want to work in tech? Do I want to, where do I want to live? How do I want to spend my days? Do I want to be writing, speaking, healing? What do I want to be doing? And you start with that vision, you create your ideal life, and then you create, you run to, right, those avenues that will bring you there. So that's my starting point with mindset is if you fix your mindset, and it's not a one-time fix, it's something I do every day, 
you work on it every single day to make sure you're in line with your vision and that you know what your vision is, then, you know, the system just going to have to kind of work itself out. Now we're all part of the system. If I get ill or a loved one does, we have to go to the hospital. So I'm not dismissive of needing to make sure things are good for nurses and healthcare professionals and the healthcare system. But when I'm talking to an individual nurse in front of me, just bottom line is you got to get yours. Like that, that's what it's all about. You get yours and you just let the rest because you know, the system's not feeding your family. The system's not taking care of your loved ones. It's that's us. And so we got to just focus on ourselves. And then when we have that energy and that bandwidth and that ability, and this is what happens, you build yourself up. It's putting the mask on yourself before the person next to you, you build yourself up. Then we can go back and maybe we can go take a run at that system from a position of strength. And that's where I really want to yeah. come from with the individual nurse and nurse practitioner. Yes. No, you're a hundred percent correct. We completely align on that because you can get so focused in on the system and you can actually kind of, I think, depress yourself from fighting mm -hmm. by being so bogged down by, oh my gosh, this system is so messed up. We're never going to be like, why don't we just start in the, at the micro level with just your life and figuring out what it is that you can do, run towards, make those, again, make that special formula for what it would look like for your career. And then Again, we could tackle those big things. And I, I totally agree with everything that you just said. I mean, it was, I wish I could say it as eloquently. You just said it perfectly. I mean, <laughs> this is the heart of the podcast and the thing that I've been describing. Yeah. And again, you talked about, you said, and, and this is just one of the things that popped in my mind. You said, you know, I have to do this every day. You bathe every day, right? Mm -hmm. They say that you take a bath every day. Yep. It's not good for like, you don't take a bath one, you know, once a week and think it's good for the week. You take a bath every day. Right. So you've got to constantly be bathing yourself in what am I chasing? What am I going? Is this getting me? Is this decision? Is this job? Is this career? Is this degree? Is this like, is this getting me to that end goal of whatever that looks like for you? And, and again, having yeah. a coach, having someone like you to kind of sit down who has seen, I think, to a, a really great degree, the forest through the trees with nursing, that someone that can go, hey, listen, I know what this degree can do. Let me show you. Let, let me coach you through it and get you to where you want to be for your career, yeah. I think we would prevent burnout for so many nurses. And like you said, putting the oxygen max on yourself and then going and taking care of patients, you you move differently when you're not burned out as a nurse mm -hmm. practitioner. You, yeah. you, you care differently because it's like, I'm here for this amount of time. I can stay focused and do what I need to do and, and impact patients. It changes how, you, it just changes everything, how you see everything. So well said, beautifully said, and... Yeah, I think I, one of the other things I wanted to talk, chat with you about was, you know, how did you know it was when it was time to shift and how did you know how to pivot? And so again, like kind of going back to what you're talking about in this new spot where you're at, you know, you talk a lot about burnout career options for nurses and, and you coach a lot of NPs. And so if an NP were to come to you and say, all right, I feel like it's time to shift. How do I pivot? What advice do you give to that nurse? Well, it always starts with vision. And it can be tough when you get I, like, where, where do you want to go? I can't tell you how to get where you're going. If you don't tell me where you want to go, like, it's like, how do I, how do I hit the road? Well, get in a, get in your car and start driving, but I don't know where you're going to end up. You got to know where you got to go. And it doesn't have to be an exact, it doesn't have to be intimidating. I mean, these are classic journaling examples of I like, and this is one I borrowed from others. It's, it's Tuesday morning on a regular week. It's not a weekend. It's not a holiday. It's literally just an average Tuesday. You open your eyes. It's the morning. 
what time is it? Did you wake up with an alarm or did you wake up on your own? Where are you? When you look around, where do you look? Where do you live? Who are you with? And what is your day going to be? And assuming you wake up on a day that you just are really excited about your day, this is your ideal day. It's that moment when you wake up in the morning and you open your eyes, a day like today where I get to open my eyes and say, I get to talk to Sandra today. So I'm so excited. So it's my ideal day. So you open your eyes. It's my ideal day. What's that day like? Where are you? What are you going to do? Are you going to go somewhere? Are you going to work from your home? How are you going to benefit the world? And that generally means work. And, you know, I mean, like I said, I started working at an early age and I'm a, just a devotee of the value of meaningful work. You know, I, I express myself through my work. I, I earn income by providing value to the world. So how are you going to provide value to the world? And that's not something that can just be on a quick thing. You got to give that some thought and that's not, it's not meant to be like, you have to come up with it. But that's how you know where you're going. That's how you know where you're going. And the side that I do with that is sometimes when you talk to nurses and nurse practitioners, they'll say, well, the scary thing is when I do that, it has nothing to do with nursing. And this is where I say, oh, okay, maybe, maybe, but maybe not. Because you're thinking it's nothing to do with nursing because it means me going to my unit and having to beg to be allowed to go to the bathroom and have too many patients and be scared about my license for 12 hours. But just don't, before you say it has anything to do with nursing, does it have something to do with persuasion, negotiation, writing, speaking, coaching, teaching, leading, business, technology? Does it have anything to do with any of those things? Because if it does, it has something to do with nursing. And then we can talk about how to think your nursing skills and abilities into those new realms. And that's the big mindset, sh mindset shift that I am working so hard to get across to nurses. That's the whole goal of all my social media postings is just to give yourself credit for what we've achieved as nurses, what we've learned and leverage that. You know, I think back to my first, my first staff nursing positions. I think we're both alike. We weren't staff nurses for an entirely long time. And the only staff nursing I ever did was in the NICU. I stayed in the NICU, then I went to be an NP. I was in the NICU a total like seven years to include per diem. I'll tell you, my love of nursing, my, the first hint I had of this as an aside was I was a full-time nurse, getting kind of burned out, entered NP school, but had to keep working. So I switched to a per diem. And all of a sudden I went to one day a week from three. And boy, does that change your mindset? Because it used to be, I just dreaded the whole thing. I think I was dreading that third day, honestly, or fourth when I worked over because it's like, oh, that's going to be miserable. But when you work one day a week or one day every two weeks, that I was like, yeah, you need me to stay over a couple of hours. I was night shift. I was like, I'll stay over a couple hours and hang fluids and, and get your, get your babe set up for their first round. I don't care. I'm not here for two weeks and I'm going to get paid two hours overtime. So I'm good for it. So it's that mindset, so my mindset. But I think to those nurses I work with, I work with some genius, brilliant, excellent nurses. And it wasn't just that they were the best at getting IVs. They had that nursing sixth sense we learned about in nursing school, that nursing intuition where they knew when a baby was going to get sick. They knew when to go toe to toe with the surgeon. They were just brilliant, but they were burnt out and they were sad and they were miserable. And it was depressing. And then I didn't quite have the knowledge I do now. And if I could go back in time and talk to them, I would say what I say now is like, you have all these abilities and we live in the best era possible to do this. Look at this. Me and you are shooting a podcast on an internet. That's, that's just, it's easy. You yeah. click one click and we're here. Something that wasn't even possible three years, five years at all. So any nurse now, and you don't have to just be a social media creator, 
but we have all these tools where it makes it super easy to build. It makes it super easy to manage your business. We have increasing numbers of tools. We won't even get into the large language models and the generative AI and the things that you can do nowadays to get your business running. So telling nurses, you can take that knowledge. You're an expert in dealing with mother baby issues in the example I'm thinking of. And I know this is a passion of yours. And I know you've talked to NICU nurses that have transitioned into lactation consultants, doulas, all of that, that you have this mindset, you have all this knowledge, skills, and ability. You just need the mindset to get out of that industrial system and leverage it for yourself. So that's really, that's the message because it's the thing I tell myself every day. Don't ever feel like you're held back. So anything I ever say to anyone else, I'm telling myself. And I'm the one that needs to hear it first. <laughs> Well said. I mean, preach, 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 preach. And I just, again, a couple of things that I'm going to pull out of that that you said is begin with the end in mind. I love that. Again, where are you? Where do you want to go? And then you can drive the car there. And I love that. Begin with the end in mind. And another thing that you say a lot, and I feel like I've, I'm hearing from you is, is kind of that leader without a title and not mm -hmm. feeling like you've got to go chase some title to go do the things that you want to do. And a lot of the, the concepts that you are talking about, I feel like I've read in that book. It's a fabulous book, A Leader with No Title, and, and kind of setting up yourself to push forward what it is that you want, how you want to live. And from those things will stem so many different things that you just never even realized. And it was just from that simple belief of leading your life with you as the, as the focus of what you want to build for yourself. And by starting there, I think that a lot more nurses would, again, not be as burned out and not be as tired and be doing stuff that lights them up. And yeah, I think that would be just, yeah, I think that's just great, great advice. And guys, if you guys aren't writing this stuff down, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to help you if you can't, if you can't just absorb this to your soul because it's the truth and starting in that entrepreneur spot, yeah. if you were like, okay, I don't know where to start. You can start there and start advocating for your own career and saying, I'm going to do two days a week. I'm going to start Again, like you said, you sat down with your wife, you figured out the budget, I'm going to go and then I'm going to go dial this up and see if I can make something with that. And you might move differently. So for the last question, and again, you just kind of answered it, that advice you give for a new nurse starting off her career that you wish you would have known if you could have gone back to, you know, that, that, you know, baby Derrico starting <laughs> his nursing career, if you could give it something that you would say, Hey man, I want you to know this now, hold on to this because it's going to be a crazy ride. So take this and run with it. What would you, what would you say? What would you say to yourself? I would say to myself, you and all your little cronies in this intro course that are just starting in nursing. One thing you're always talking about is, wow, we're going for nursing because you can do anything. We all talked about that in nursing in the beginning of nursing school. Gosh, you can do everything. It's not just the hospital. You know, there's all these other things. And somehow by the end of nursing school, that was gone. And like, where did that conversation go? And now I'm back to it. And I'm like, that's what I would hold on to. That would be the bit of advice that you're talking about. Don't ever forget that mindset. And every time you're doing something, I'm not saying you don't have to pay your dues. And I don't tell people how many months or years they have to start. And I don't tell them what unit they have to start. That's not my business. But I would say whatever you're doing, every time you're doing something, make that file in your brain that I'm filing around this for me. So if you're making me take too heavy of a load on a night shift and I do it, and I just have to do it. Well, if I have to do it, I'm doing it for me because I'm learning lessons that I'm going to save for later. Save every single lesson you learn for later and know that this is not the end all and be all and that there's just unlimited choices. I tell him his hair's not coming back, you know, so just embrace it. 
So I think those would be the two big, the two big lessons I'd give to baby Roan on that baby 30 plus year old Roan in nursing school. Rock- those would be the lessons. You rock a bald look, man. So just own it. I love it. I love, I love it, it on it. you. So it couldn't, it couldn't go back. I love it. <laughs> so for the last part of the podcast, I do rapid fire. So this is just fly by the seat of your pants. Okay. You know, you can't prepare for these. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I tried to prep, but I, I just, I'm ready. <laughs> no. So what's one book you would give to someone if you're like, this is my go-to book. I give it to everybody. What would it be? I'm a bibliophile. I don't, you can't see the stacks around here. So this is the hardest question you could ever ask me. Cause I, I just read constantly. I would kind of narrow it down to a few of, I mean, I could tell you there's just so many, but just, if you're talking actionable, so we're sticking actionable, we're keeping it real, getting things done by David Allen, changed my life and saved my life oh, when I became cool. an executive. It's not just productivity, it's mindset, it's psychology. It's all about making your life better. It's not about having a like a super fiddly productivity system. David Allen's books are genius and they're, they're spiritual. And that's not an overstatement without being spiritual. They're a guy in a suit and tie on the cover, but they're brilliant. So I would say that Cal Newport's so good. They can't ignore you. So it's all about the craftsman mindset, the craftsperson mindset in approaching your career, approaching it as a craft, as something you're developing and improving and getting better and better at for its own purpose. So I think those would be two. And then I'll also, I'll read anything by Brian Tracy that he writes, because again, it's all mindset. It's all actionable approaches. So I cheated. I gave you three. If it had to be one, it'd be getting things done. Because I think that can, that you read that book and you implement it and it can make some real, real, real improvements in your life. Brian Tracy, I'm going to tell you a side story. My dad played that in the car while we were growing up. And it was one of those things that I was like, oh, gosh, like this like corny little like get a cassette (laughs) tape and you can play them. And then I became an adult. And like, yes, the 80s. Right. And so then I became an adult and I and again, through my career and just through the silence of becoming a new mom and trying to figure out, like, how did I get here? Like, what is it that I've decided for my life? I started going back to Brian Tracy and I was like, are you kidding me? Like I have gone yeah. full circle back to the car with yeah. my dad. I love Brian Tracy. He's yeah. a game changer. Great, right? Change your oh thinking, gosh. change your lives. Love it. Oh, You're the third person book. I've talked to he's this sweet. week that I mentioned Brian Tracy and they just go nuts. So oh, yeah, he's incredible. Incredible. Performing a, performing and then, a okay. So what, yeah. So what subjects do you find most fascinating throughout all your education? So now you have a DNP, you have an MBA. You've got the psychology, you know, all the different degree. What would you find is the most interesting subject? Self-improvement. I mean, not, not to stick to too much of a theme here, but anything to do with self-improvement. I'm just, I'm a junkie. Anything. Yeah. You, you put self-improvement. Right? I will. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. It's that 1% every day. You mentioned, you know, start with yeah. the end of the mind, the Stephen Covey, sharpen the saw. Just Every yep. single day, do a little something to get a little bit better. So yeah, that's, that's the one subject I have returned to over and over again, probably since I was like 19 years old, if not younger. Yeah. Yeah. Atomic Habits is another book that talks a lot yeah. about that, that little percentage every day. Yeah. It's another incredible book. And then I guess to kind of go on a different vein, what are you most grateful for in the entire world? My wife. My wife, I, I can say that without hesitation. My wife. I was giving you, I was giving you a moment there. Okay, I, I threw you a softball. I threw you a softball there. Okay, yeah. like, so when she listens, she can she can feel. Go ahead. Yes. You're going to say your wife. Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. No, she's just such an inspiration to me, and she's my biggest supporter. And I think the one danger in doing kind of this 
conversation like you and I have, and you're excellent at this because you're very vulnerable, is that when someone like me is talking like this, it it's the illusion that I've got it all together or that I've never, you know, I was going to quit my DMP program, like literally every month. And my wife literally had to drag me and be like, no, you're going to finish it. And in, in a lot of things, she's like, you know, whatever is you best, I'm here to support you. But with that, she's like, no, you're not, you're not going to quit just because you're frustrated. And because there's things going on, you're going to finish it. And that's just one of many examples of the way of the, just the incredible things she's done for me. And I can never, I can never be grateful enough to her. Oh, wow. I wanted to hear that and know that. And what a, <laughs> what a blessing she is to your life. And I know that you inspire her in so many ways as well. Watching you fight through to complete things and not give up. You both are inspiring one another. And honestly, it's one of the best mixes that I've, I've heard in so many of my podcast episodes is the person you marry matters. And oh, so yes. I think, yeah, you've, you've demonstrated that she keeps you going and uh, you think about her when you make decisions and she thinks about you and she yep. knows that you would regret it if you walked away from your DNP. So she's not going to yep. let you do it. So yep. that's an incredible theme you guys make. And oh yep. my gosh, Dr. Rika, thank mm -hmm. you for coming on my podcast and sharing about everything that I'm passionate about. I feel like we're just the same. I was just talking to myself for a little bit. And it's just really nice. Uh, that's right. That's the best conversation. Yeah. It's a mirror. A mirror. Exactly. And unless, unless you ever enroll in one you of my universities, I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you right now, unless you actually sign up for one of my university courses, you are not allowed to call me Dr. Dorico. I'm always around to you. The only people I made say that are my students because that's the university rules. So first name basis, Dr. Pagenta, I'm telling you okay. right now. That sounds good. Okay. Sounds great. Well, thanks again for coming on, guys. And I'll put all his social media links in the podcast show notes so you can find him, follow his content. It's really inspiring. So guys, don't forget to enjoy the journey of your careers. And thanks for hanging out. Thank you, all sir. Right. Hey, I'm a mama podcast. I love you, mama. And thanks for later, me. So that's a wrap. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave me a review. If you like the show, I would love to get five stars. The Dr. Nurse podcast is on the World Wide Web, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and TikTok. Subscribe to my newsletter for updates on new podcast episodes and other information to help you on your own nursing journey. You can always message me at the Dr. Nurse podcast at gmail.com with any career professions that you're interested in hearing about. And just a friendly reminder, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used in substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or professional advice or services.